Good evening and welcome to another live member's surgery. And of course, you might be consuming this surgery as a recording later through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and our newly launched podcast on all major podcast services, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. My name is Scott Haslam, president of the Leeds Number One Amalgamated Branch of the Communication Workers Union. I'd be most grateful if you would help us reach as many members as possible by sharing this episode. And if you haven't done so, Try liking that CW Leeds and Northeast regional Facebook pages, subscribing to our YouTube channel and searching for the podcast by searching CW Members Surgery. So in tonight's show, I'm honoured to be joined by not only Chris Webb, the head of communications of the CWU. Hello, Chris. Hello, Scott. Good to be with you, mate. Thank you. And thanks for inviting me accepting the invitation put my teeth back in so tonight we want to talk about communication social media digital campaigns and the cw app and maybe a little bit more so please don't be shy we'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments and this surgery is designed to give you the opportunity to help mold the future of the cwu right let's get this session going and chris so i think to open up uh, just in case anyone hasn't caught you on any of the platforms that we stream on, uh, would you like to introduce yourself formally and what does the head of comms mean and what does it actually do? Thanks, Scott. Yeah, I mean, two good questions to, to kick off with. So I think, um, you know, my name's Chris. Obviously, I run all of the uh, head up all of the union's communications. I've got a team uh, based at CW headquarters. Obviously, lots of them have been working from home now for, for for a little bit um but all of them are doing a, a fantastic job um i suppose what do i do well i mean i set the strategy and um i set the sort of direction for the union's uh communications um at national level uh, which is you know an interesting job something i've always had a massive interest in from when i was a local rep right through the union and um i sort of make sure that it, whether it be the small campaigns the big national ones industrial political or wider uh, union movement ones that uh, we are out there, we're vibrant, and ultimately, you know, we give the tools for our, our brilliant industrial representatives to get deals and agreements across the line and to win and progress things for our members. Excellent. And it's really, really shown its true colours, I think, what you've been doing the last six years. Uh, as I know, It's almost like an anniversary, I believe. Mm -hmm. So uh, you picked up the role of head of comms in 2015, uh, as I remember. And um, in 2015, I think one of your first speeches was down in London. And I've got a screenshot here. And it's actually oh, Steve wow. Brooks, what I put this on. Yeah, so that's a very young Chris uh, web and what you it put down there is that uh, you were setting the scene about a refreshed approach to CW campaigning and if that day yesterday uh, as it was back then is the new standard then we're breaking to new spaces so I think that's quite a powerful statement and and really a good pat on the back because if we look back now six years how has really that communications changed since you've taken over and, and the sort of direction you've you've helped navigate the communication workers you need to, to do. Yeah, well, um, uh, we may have gained some traction in communications, but I've lost a lot of hair since that photo. Uh, <laughs> Scott to start off with. Uh, I noticed Dave Johnson got in a dig on us both yeah. for that in the early doors, but there, there you go, mate. We can take that. Uh, no, in terms of like improving, I think that, uh, I mean, what, what, what I'm not going to do is sit here and, and say to, you know, the, the members who may be watching, the reps that are watching, like we did, we do this, we do that. We're fantastic. But, I think we can take, you know, some credit for transforming the way the union engages and communicates with its members. Um, and, you know, I'm happy to go through, if, if you want, you know, throughout the session, the various, you know, um, platforms in terms of like video, social media, press, etc. But I think the overall thing I, I would say is it was about, for me, and still is about, and will continue to be about as long as that I'm in the role, about making sure the union looks like feels like talks like and sounds like its members and i and i felt that for too long that wasn't the case and, and that's not exclusive to the cw i think there's this often this thing of like in the trade union movement of um you know we're sending a letter to an mp so it should be written like this because that's how mps like receiving things and we're, we're sending out a press release we should word it like this because that you know that's what a journalist will publish and too often I think the union made the mistake, and every union's made the mistake. Make the mistake 
of falling into that trap. Whereas for me, it was about simple. I mean, some of our like communications that were going out were too complex, were too wordy. Uh, and, you know, we haven't got there, by the way, you know, 100%. I'm not here saying that we've cracked it, but I think we've made a significant progress on there is the union now has an identity. And that identity is that of our members. And we look more like and we feel more like our members. And I think when you do that, then all of the social media stuff, the workplace meetings, all flow so much better. And the union, you know, when you come out, you know, everyone now knows the CWU. Obviously, our branding is part of that. And that's a deliberate move. But for me, the big, big thing is about like who we are, who we stand for, who we represent. And I think we've 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 made significant progress in that area, Scott. I, I agree. And and to be fair, there's there's quite an alarming contrast because even now you, there's still two types of if we just focus on on video, for example, uh, Steve Bosworth makes a, a, an excellent point, And it's something I, I quite enjoyed myself when I watched it. And the, the NHS video were launched this morning. Fantastic. And to be fair, that that's that's a new high. That's that's a high quality, well polished, well delivered and executed video and, and really well done to, to the whole comms team on that. But equally, you've got, as you're saying, being relevant to the workplaces. And I'm sure we'll touch on some of this in the digital campaign sort of side of stuff where you know being a polished video isn't the be all and end all actually just having a rough and ready little video just saying um and anything compelling is equally as as um excellent for social media particularly one of the so, so i think that i mean yourself and steve um so thanks for the um it's on the NHS video. So that was an idea that um have to credit Ian Pointer, our area delivery rep in Nottingham Amo, who came up with an idea that we ran. I mean, obviously, Ian, you know, um battled for his life with COVID. Um, you know, we gave him a lot of support, the whole union did, and, and, and he's very grateful for that. But he, uh, Dave Ward, Terry Punger, and myself met Ian a couple of months ago, and he had the idea that we should be, you know, doing more to support NHS workers. And, and the video and some subsequent activity, which you're going to see, was born out of that idea. So well done to Ian, first of all. And then myself um, and others sort of scripted down what we'd like to see uh, out of a video. And, and I think you're right. I think it's powerful. Um, also, you know, and I think that standard of video is a new level. You know, that's that to me is like, you know, top level videography. It goes alongside things like our Christmas advert, um, which, which I know you wanted to touch on later on. Also, like, you know, really moving, powerful stuff. But... I think the point you make about, um, you know, more earthier stuff is, is absolutely critical. So give you a really good example of that. And it's something that stuck with me throughout, um, you know, my time in the role is when when I got the role, we had our own internal uh, video video station. If some people will remember CWTV um, and, you know, that had its pros and that had its cons. But one of the things that really struck me is we were... A, spending a lot of money, but B, spending a lot of time like editing footage, you know, making sure things were in the right position, making sure everything sounded perfect, you know, clapperboards and all this sort of stuff. And I would, I just watched that stuff and just thought, I just don't agree with that. Because actually, you know, if, if, if a member wants to hear about their pay rise, they just want their union rep in front of them saying, I'm here to tell you about the pay rise. They don't want nice full glasses of water in the background perfect audio lovely shots long shots close-ups all that sort of stuff so you know whilst celebrating the fact that we as a trade union can now produce really high quality videos that you know can win awards which is great and, and can move people which is which is really really fantastic you know my base would always be you know uh stick a camera in front of the union's leadership, ask them a question, get them to get a reply, get it out to the members. Because I think, you know, that's that's the ultimate level of transparency as well. And I think that's important, Scott. And something you've done really well, um, and, you know, we're encouraging other branches and regions to do is host live sessions because, you know, there's no editing in that and there's no hiding in that. And members can ask you anything they want and members can be confident and they can feel as if, they have a say in their union, you know, over the years, you know, you going back years and years and years, a member could never dream of coming on and having that level of access to the general secretary, the deputy general secretary. But, you know, we've opened up the union via these sort of authentic earthier means and no, under no circumstances would I want to move from that totally over to the more polished versions. Well, that's, that's reassuring to you. And thank you for, 
but really acknowledging what I've, I've been doing to be fair it's not something i particularly go looking for but it is no. nice when when it comes but i mean it's interesting you say the live sessions that you can just do it i mean i don't know how much planning you go into a live session but i don't just quite do it off the cuff i do have a little bit of uh some sort of plan to go to because you need something to focus on and you can quite easily go off and then you end up start talking absolute nonsense for, for hours <laughs> to be quite frank. Yeah, but, I think I was, I mean, I, I totally get that point and I, and I can tell when you do a session and hopefully you can, when we do a national level, you know, there's a structure and there's a plan. I, I was meaning more to the point of like uh, how it feels for a member and yeah. the, the, the member's sort of um, ability to put their, criticisms their challenges and their questions to the union's leadership yeah it's very much like it's that if you can't get to the workplace then let the workplace come to you type thing it's, it's almost slightly different so in terms of um the the communication and the strategy uh, you've sort of touched on that branches and regions are now taking the um following on from where you started because i think historically there's been this expectation and that it has to come from head office and head office has to do everything but actually when when we're talking about local issues then you wouldn't necessarily know that there's a particular problem in whatever delivery office and such and such um rdc or whatever so it's quite useful and i think really powerful that the localities then start addressing the local issues through these these sort of platforms and how, how would you see or how how much more would you like to see from branches and regions in that area i think there's it, a few things there i think that the first thing is that you know going back to being in the branch um in, in plymouth um we you know came through the branch at, at a particularly lucky time i suppose you know having like old heads people like doug liddy crap paul taylor and others you know may or may not know in the union but also like younger people as we were at the time, myself, Tony Booch, uh, Andrew Hatch and others. And we forged like a, a really powerful team. And one of the things we would always say to each other is we shouldn't be sitting waiting for headquarters to say something. You know, if we've got a view, then we should be expressing that to our members. Uh, and, you know, that went as far as, for example, like, you know, when an LTB came out, we would rewrite it and say, this is what it means for people in Plymouth. Like, this is what it means to you in Plymouth, you know? So, um, you know, that's the first thing I want to say is, like, would always encourage branches, even if the National Union is saying nothing, you know, you will have things to say at branch level. In terms of the structural um, stuff, I'll, you know, if I'm being honest, Scott, like, more of this, like, like well, you know, what you're doing in the, the Northeast region and, and the Leeds, number one. Um, but, you know, and, and there are plenty of branches doing that stuff as well, by the way. So, you know, through the Count Me In campaign, some of the stuff from our telecoms and financial branches uh, has been excellent. Some of the social media postal branches now, you know, when we've had big industrial action ballots, some of their online activity has been stunning, uh, engaging like live video, recorded video, you know, uh, social media post, workplace meetings. So, you know, there's a huge, um, you know, uh, massive work that takes place in communications. What I would like to see, though, is that to be more consistent. So, like, you know, and 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 if you, I would suppose I would say to branches, if you feel you haven't got the expertise within the branch, like, please get in contact because, you know, my team can come, we can deliver training, we can advise on equipment, we can do sessions, um, like private sessions with the members that, that, so you can get confidence built and all that stuff. Don't sit there and and like worry about these things because i'm sure scott can you know back me up here and say like you know it's basically exactly the same as doing an in-person meeting you know you're up there you're in front of your members you're you're engaging with them so what i would like to see scott is like more branches involved more consistency because i think ultimately you know the test of the success of like people like myself it will only be you know we'll only get where we want to get when the whole union is in that place it's no good like going oh you know that's a brilliant you know piece of work from headquarters or that's a brilliant piece of work from leeds it's got to go right across the union because some members and this is something that will never change they don't want to hear from dave ward or terry pullinger their trust in the union is in the the man or woman that interfaces with them in the office on a daily basis so we shouldn't lose sight of that and we should make sure that our comm strategy flows from top to bottom excellent well i'm, I'm 
quite an interesting point you said there about taking stuff from head office and slimming it down into layman's terms because pete Britt mentions about typically a health and safety uh, war and peace aspects uh, now the thing is we health and safety because it's it's legislation it has to be right so quite often when head office is referring information to branches and regions and such then it has to be accurate but i suppose that's where it'd be especially important where branches could condense it to layman's terms or bespoke it to the, the specific members audience so um the communication strategy i mean dave ward had famously said at the TUC and the Labour Party conferences that we've built a machine in terms of the communications uh, that we do to help engage with members, particularly on the back of some of the ballot results that we've had. Um, but as with all machines, they require maintenance. So, you know, you've got a fantastic team and I think we need to dip our heads, uh, bow to them or, or whatever you, to say thanks for, for what you've been doing in your support, but equally, what improvements or what additions are you going to be making to this machine? I think, um, yeah, it's, thanks, Scott. And I think, you know, um, I try to, as regularly as possible, say to anyone engaged with in the union that, like, I I'm really well supported in a department and the team do a fantastic job. So it's great to have that, you know, acknowledged. So appreciate that. In terms of, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big football fan, as you know. Um, and I, you know, I'm not, not a fan of Manchester United, but their former manager, Sir Alex Ferguson, he said something like, I remember one season reading that if you don't, um, buy players and try and improve your team, then you start going backwards. And I, and I think that um, that's where we are as a union, in um, not in the sense of the team, but in the sense of the ideas. If we sit back and think we've made it, then we will start to fall behind other unions who are improving. Another and an employer who you know, let's let's be you know, let's not be shy of that fact. Like you know, we've beaten Royal Mail for example three times in national ballots now. They're not just going to sit back and keep taking that they've launched you know uh workplace by facebook they've got their own app etc listen um you know i know raw mail probably be picking up on your sessions i'd be keen to say to them and any of the employers that you know we've got plenty left in the tank in in, in those areas but it, in terms of the immediate future one thing that i'm really excited about is coming out of the pandemic um so i think we've had a brilliant sort of basis of four or five years of of our communication strategy where, you know, the number one focus has been on the workplace as it should be. Then we've been forced into a period of a year or so where we can't get into the workplace so easily. So we've had to move to online communications and, and we did that really successfully in bringing to a close the uh, Royal Mail dispute and obviously uh, the Count Me In campaign. So we've showed we can operate. What I'm excited about is, is molding those two worlds together in a post-pandemic environment. So, for instance, like the big thing that I'm really keen on is uh, something that we've labelled Workplace Live. We've had that ready now for about 18 months, but obviously haven't been able to launch it. And what Workplace Live is going to be, it's going to be the ability for us to equip branches with cameras um, and technology and beam officers directly, union officers directly into local offices. So, for instance... Um, I could be with Dave Ward, Terry Pullinger, Andy Kerr, et cetera, et cetera. And we could be sat in Wimbledon. And at 7 a.m., we go live in Leeds. At 7.30, we go live in Derby. At 8 o'clock, we go live in London and so on and so forth. And the camera setup would mean that the members would be able to see us. They'd be able to ask questions. They'd be able to hear responses. And all it was going to be basically is we walk into an office, we plant a camera, a 360 camera in the middle of the floor or middle of a canteen or restroom. And we hold a live live streaming thing. So like a massive, massive leap forward, I think, for the whole movement. If once we start pulling that stuff off and, um, you know, uh, the ability for, you know, imagine it in the middle of a big industrial action campaign where, for example, someone like, you know, Dave or Terry or whatever is able to is in an office doing a, uh, work, a face to face meeting. But then in between traveling to the next one they're doing, we can get them to do 10 meetings online with the members. So really is an opportunity for us to kick on. The other thing I'm excited about in terms of kicking on is the CW app. So I know we'll probably cover that a bit later on, but that's now ready to launch. We're working on filling out as much content as possible. So when it does launch, members see it, they like it, and, and they're not like one or two articles on. So we're getting podcasts, we're getting videos, and we're getting news articles onto there. So I think the app is going to be really exciting because 
we talk a lot about social media, but some of our members don't like social media, don't trust it, don't want to be on it for whatever reason. The app will bring the best of all of our platforms together in one place. So I think that's going to be, you know, a really, really exciting prospect for our members. What's going to be powerful for me uh, as head of comms and for the union is when we have the app, we can send push notifications directly to people's mobiles. And for me, I'm really excited about that. So if we had 20, 30,000 members that downloaded the app, we could say, you know, Terry Pullinger's going live in five minutes. Come and join us. Ballot papers landing tomorrow at eight o'clock in the morning. Make sure you use your vote. So that's going to be an extremely powerful tool for us. And the final thing that um, I want to want us to push on amongst improving all of our other areas, of course, is CW radio. So, you know, I know, um, you know, obviously make sure it's all in line with our health and safety uh, reg regulations, etc. But I know a lot of our members are listening to content at work during their working day in, in different in different sort of guises. My attitude to that is if they're doing it, let's give them something to listen to and let's give them something they're going to want to listen to from a union perspective that's going to give them information. That's going to be a bit of a show information, bit of fun, bit of like, you know, wider trade union movement, bit, bit, so a bit of education from a union perspective. So I'm really, really keen to start like sort of radio style shows this year. Once we're back in the office, we've got all the equipment. And again, one of the disappointing things of the pandemic is we just kitted out the studio at CWHQ to really, really high spec, like, you know, like, you know, almost newsroom style standard. And then we're all carted off to our houses uh, with, with our laptops and phones. So, yeah, some, a few things there, Scott, I'm really, really excited about, which hopefully will reassure people that there's there's more to come from us, mate. Excellent. Well, uh, there's been a few comments about excitement. Uh, I've got a great, I mean, I were down, I think, just before the pandemic uh, locked Britain or well, England down. And, you know, that's where you did that marathon live session if, if mm. you recall and and you know you were saying about the new equipment you've got there and you needed to unpack it one for another so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that for for sure so in terms of uh moving some of that because we've, we've crossed off into some of the the areas we're going to explore but particularly in terms of social media we've got different platforms across so actually if you're watching um we'd really be interested to know which platforms you use and why you use them uh what what works better for you um what would you like to see the cwu using uh, but for instance we're airing on facebook we're airing on twitter and we're also airing on uh youtube so you know that that's the they're the key video ones what we do at the present minute but equally you know we're on instagram um certainly the leads i've set up a twitch account which i'm not streaming on so much but is that something that you'd use TikTok, I know something the national team have, have just sort of set up. Um, Snapchat is another one. Do people still use that, or is that just people at school? I mean, I don't, I don't really know. It's, it's beyond me. And but there we go. But I mean, Dave Johnson uh, mentioned as well about Royal Mail uh, workplace app, and actually, what he said is, you know, is a similar platform for um, for for the Royal Mail workplace app. I think you've kind of like touched on some of it anyway, but. Um, so we'll see what engagement we get, Chris. But um, what what's your views on which are the key platforms uh, and why we use them? And you know what the other platforms I mentioned or any other that I haven't. You know which ones are we going to see some of the national stuff moving on to or trying? Thanks, Scott. Um, yeah. So a, a, a few things in there. The first thing I'd want to say is like I think all of them have a level of importance, and you know. As particularly as you're trying to build something, sometimes it can be a really slow burner. Like, you know, uh, we tried for ages to get YouTube channel going with very minimal success. And all of a sudden it had a couple of thousand subscribers because, you know, the, the lockdown hit and we were able to use it a lot more. So, you know, I'm really committed to like, you know, not expecting to see massive numbers overnight and building because 10 people subscribe, I like it, tell five others. And it just hopefully snowballs. And you've got to put even the top, like sort of youtubers have put in years and years of like dead time to build their, their their following so i think it's important that we recognize that there's there's a worth in putting something everywhere because if we start for example a twitch account and five people watch it on there you can take it as five people that wouldn't have seen our content so that's that's a bonus for me so that, that there's that in terms of the individual channels i think from a member's perspective we still um we still lean on facebook heavily there's a number of reasons for that 
the first reason is the demographics of our membership match almost like year for year the demographics of the facebook users uh, in the uk you know obviously that you know we've got lots of young members but we have got many many more in the sort of 45 to 65 bracket and we have below that and and that's the sort of demographics who are using facebook uh, normally and, and it's been hugely successful for us and we rebuilt it because when we when i got the role we didn't have a facebook page we had a facebook group and it was like a total madhouse uh, so we basically deleted the group and started from scratch and really went for it and it's reached like you know at peak times millions and millions of people i mean it was reaching like six million people a week at the height of the pandemic so it's been a really successful platform for us and we'll keep you know using that and building it on twitter you know slightly more diverse so we use twitter for our public facing content political content you know a lot more fun stuff a lot more edgy stuff taking people down challenging the government so you know we use that in a very different way um, we have uh, Haley from from the comms team has invested a lot of time in Instagram over the last sort of six to 12 months. And, and that's had a uh, significant benefit for us as well. So we're making sure we're in there. And I will say to Haley as well, like with our members being out and about, um, you know, and being so well photographed and some fantastic images, I think we as a union have the opportunity to really do well on Instagram. We also, by the way, have the opportunity to do, in my view, really well on TikTok. Now, uh, obviously, resource is always an issue. And I would always say to Dave and to the union, give me three, four, five more members of the team. And I can't, you know, keep asking for more. But I do think if you take that attitude we show on Twitter with the fun, the edginess and that, if you, and then the best of the stuff we do on video and combine those two things, I think we could be fantastic on TikTok as a union. So that's another priority for me in, in the next few years, as is uh, building our YouTube channel because I think that's a great place we could um, host some sort of LBC-style radio, uh, Navarro Media-style radio content on and video, bit of video as well. So building the YouTube um, content with that would come Twitch as well. I think that's an area I really want to get into because, as I say, you know, if we only get a dozen people watching it in the first few weeks, that's a dozen new people attracted to in, engaging with the union. So, yeah, I would be really interested in people coming forward, as you've called for, Scott, with, with new ideas, with their thoughts, etc. But I think sort of my summary would be we're doing okay in those areas, but we recognise that there's loads more we can do. Excellent. Well, uh, there were, I think it was on Twitter, you, you um, I think you must be capturing videos or certainly videos that are circulating, anything to do with a post person. Uh, and there were one and he were walking along, it's football orientated. I think you posted something, the ball came over, flicked it, kicked it. Right. And, 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 and I thought that were fantastic. So little things like that, where we're, re, I won't say regurgitating, but certainly focusing, um, I suppose, the broad, uh, well, we're linking the union to our members, aren't we, in a public platform. That's the key. And, and yeah. while we can do that with positivity is then associated with the CW. I, I think it's also, I think it's exactly that, Scott. It's also showing the wider audience that, you know, a trade unionist isn't just that that man or woman or or, or or individual on a picket line. A trade unionist could be someone kicking a ball in a net, or or someone who, you know, who when you put two words on an envelope, f helps it finds its way to you. You know, or someone that really really helps you in a time of need. So I think it's just showcasing the the best of our membership. We always try and do. Yeah, there's. I mean, funny enough, it's. Yorkshire Day was the. Um, I'll just sorry, I've got to put this on because this is uh, our, our uh, Mr. Sean Bean from Sheffield, mm -hmm. Yorkshire man. Uh, yeah, he's it, Yorkshire Day was the first of August, so um, there were a, a an event near where I lived, and there were a particular organisation what deals with uh, breastfeeding. Now, breastfeeding is a, an, an issue that comes around quite regularly, and uh, you know it's about promoting breastfeeding and people shouldn't be afraid or ashamed of doing it it's a natural thing um, but coming from yorkshire this particular organization had the slogan instead of yorkshire born and bred it was yorkshire born and fed and i thought that was quite a good good little slogan and, and things like that where as a, as a rep or a member could go there and take some footage whether that be as a, a little interview or a photograph or whatever just with a banner or with a cw sort of branding and then we can share that by all these different platforms that we're getting involved involved with community-based uh, issues that all members actually 
uh, effect. And I think that'd be a good way of positive and, and this collectivity that Dave Ward's been talking about and Tony Kearns has been talking about in the last previous sessions. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's really, really, <laughs> where's Yorkshire? Well, it's just a little bit up the A1, Des, just up the A1. So uh, yeah, uh, excellent bit there. So in terms of going on to the digital campaigns, because we're using the platforms within social media for uh, for promoting campaigns. So particularly, uh, you know, I think it's worth worth to say uh, congratulations to you and, and the team, Chris, for, and I'll put the graphics on, the best campaign communication, the CW Christmas advert. Uh, there's a, another screenshot. While you're on holiday, by the way, so you never seem to rest uh, accepting that award. Um, you know, a fantastic uh, video, high-quality video. But, I mean, what, what are our members best campaign so you know just like make the comment in the stream uh, and we'll see what it is i'll share my personal favorite and uh, it was from a few few years ago chris and it was the we rise again campaign a fantastic hashtag um and particularly you came up with something called the daily dispute so there's one here i'll just play this just to show you what how you know the rough and ready but semi-pro where you were moving into it. Fantastic little video. Mel, come back and negotiate and say we negotiate this trade union and make sure we get an agreement at the end of this that actually protects our members' terms and conditions. Excellent, Barry. With reps like you, I'm in no doubt that we're going to smash this ballot. Okay, guys, it's that time again. He's back. He's ready. Let's see what Head of Communications, Chris Webb, has in store for you all today on Webby's Weather. Good evening, everyone. I'd just let you know where all the fantastic meetings whoa, whoa, have been taking whoa. place today. Hang on a second. This is uh, my weather forecast today, were we? Now, Dave, this is my gig. This is what I do. This is what the members no. expect. This is I'm a general secretary. I'll be delivering the weather forecast today. Oh. Good evening, everyone. I'm just letting you know where all the fantastic meetings have taken place today. So well done to... This is going to take a while. It's absolutely vital that branches continue these meetings. They will be the backbone to any ballot result. We have to turn out a massive vote and deliver a massive yes vote. On Monday, join us for a huge Facebook Live. Then on Tuesday, it's National Gate Meeting Day. Thank you for your ongoing support. The members are the union. Back to you, Lauren. So yeah, I thought there were a lot of humour in that, and to be honest, it's to be hoped that you wasn't a divi divisional rep conceded uh, like that, you know, when you was was a rep, but and it was just a bit of play. But yeah, I, I thought these sort of that video and that series of videos were were really quite inspiring, and I think it really struck a chord with members that actually they wanted to be part of this. This um, I don't like using the word bandwagon, but effectively that's what it was. You know, people wanted to get on it, wanted to get involved, wanted to be being seen to be backing the trade union during that dispute. And, you know, the end result was we've got a yes vote with a massive, massive, unprecedented turnout. So, uh, so yeah, um, but what, what's your personal favorite, Chris? Uh, so um, in terms of campaign, that one, it's exactly the same as yourself, um, the, the We Rise Again. And, th and there's a number of reasons for that. Number one, it was the, the biggest yes vote and turnout in trade union history for a major industrial action ballot. So, you know, it's hard to look past that. Um, I think, you know, that's that's important to say. But more, or, well, not more importantly, but as importantly for that, um, and this may sound a bit soppy to people watching and maybe a bit soppy to you even, Scott, is that I've always, had, since I was a local rep, I've always had a view that the union belongs to the members um, and that they should run the union like you know and have as much control over it as possible and that moment um and that campaign and that ballot campaign felt to me like the most empowered i've ever seen and felt the membership uh and i think we managed to you know convince tens of thousands of people that they had a say and they had an influence and that their vote mattered and that to me like it was so so valuable and so, so inspiring. And I think, you know, if I could capture, you know, those moments again, uh, you know, I would. In terms of like, you know, individual things, I think there was there was a moment when shortly after Dave Ward got elected and, and Terry Pollinger got elected. And then I, and I was made head of comms where we had a big rally in Manchester 
um, for the People's Post campaign. There was like, you know, 10,000 people at a, a post uh, a rally about Royal Mail. And, and it was just after Jeremy Corbyn elected leader of the Labour Party. That was an amazing night. And that was a night where, because of the close proximity to the Dave's election, it felt like, you know, we were saying things are going to be different. So that was a good, good, good moment as well. And also personal, like so many things, you know, again, don't want to waffle on really, but the, the two things that, I, that like, I can look back now and really laugh about were when we projected onto Royal Mail's headquarters. And then when we, I think the funniest probably one was when we went to Switzerland um, and went to see Rico, because, you know, and again, that was, um, that was funny because like, it was just you know, humorous, but also what that was about for me wasn't, you know, I wasn't me going off, you know, I want to fancy an easy jet trip to Switzerland at four in the morning. It was also, it was about saying to our members, these people think they're something they're not. They're not. We we collectively are more powerful for them. And if they run from us, we'll come and we'll find them and we'll expose them. And I think, you know, all those little bits that was part of the We Rise game campaign came together too. You know, when ballot papers landed, there was almost an explosion of pride in the union and uh, great moments, mate. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so yeah, Des, Des uh, agreed with you on that about the hunting down Rico. I think that were uh, a, a clacking, cracking one as well. So um, yeah, some some great sort of campaigns there. Now I think uh, it might be worth, if if you don't mind, a bit of banter. Uh, we're talking about that beard. Okay. Oh, so I think there's, you know, I think members have actually tuned in, not not to talk about all the great work and that. <laughs> talk about your beard for some reason, but. Uh, no, I mean, I've shown that graphic there. That that were you, oh, you know, six years ago, thirty-four. Because I think you're the same age as me, aren't you, Chris? Or maybe actually slightly younger. Are you slightly I'm, I'm, I am forty. Yeah, but the, the, the bold hair and the stress defies that. But uh, there you go. Yeah, oh God, go. Oh, dear. where are you getting these photos from? <laughs> Your Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's that one. I mean, what one could say? I mean, this this thing is we, we've all done it. I've I'm 40. I've lost my hair, and uh, so there's a picture of me. And <laughs> yeah, that's nice there's, there's my dog, Aww. and um, there's me. That's where <laughs> my head's gone. So you know, so so there's you, there's your dog, and you know what's coming. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but yeah, my dog's definitely more handsome than me. I'll give him that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, you you're talking to me before we went online about uh, why you got that beard. I think it's a funny story. I think members might actually chuckle at themselves as to why you've got a beard and why you won't shave it off. Well, uh, wow. Yeah. When, when I was, uh, um, I, so most members won't know, but um, some might know I'm a massive fan of Plymouth Argyle. And um, uh, until I was f about 30, I was, I was different at the time. I'd shaved every day of my life. Echo my, my dad's words of like, if you're unshaven, you're scruffy, you'll never get a job echoing in my ears and, um, you know, never even grew any stubble or anything like that. Every single day I'd have a shave. And then in 2011, um, Plymouth were in major financial trouble and the club was collapsing. Um, and I ended up through one mad twist and turn and another, ended up um, uh, heading up the fans trust down there. So basically a, a fans union, you know, and I became a chairman of the fans trust. And part of our campaign involving some fantastic stuff to really sort of trade union style campaign of public meetings of marches and that but in amongst all that was the mad idea that the fans wouldn't shave until the club was saved um little did we know that the club wouldn't be saved for another 10 months so i i came out of that looking like an absolute madman and you know come the end which but you know a brilliant part of my life you know and being involved in saving the club was was, was fantastic i then shaved immediately you know, went reverted to type, shaved my beard off um, and didn't like it. So grew it back and I've had it ever since for about what we know, yeah, 10 years now, mm -hmm. 10 years this October since the club was saved. So uh, maybe, maybe one day I'll shave it off uh, for CWHA, but that day is a good few years in the future yet, Scott. Um, I mean, I haven't tapped him up as well, by the way, but he has made a comment as Paddy. And what Paddy said is that some have given their facial air up for charity in the past. So, you know, your, your, your beard may be numbered if, if it's the right price. For the well, right what, what, what I'll say to that is I, I was a witness to Paddy giving up his much-cherished <laughs> facial hair and Carl Maiden was almost violent in taking it off. So if, if big if, one day I agree to take off the beard, Carl Maiden will be nowhere near that procedure. 
Excellent. Uh, yeah, I generally haven't tried to stitch you up. That's just no. <laughs> <story>, so. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, the CW app. So we, we've you briefly touched on it. It's something I want to delve into a bit more specifics about if, if we can. Uh, you know, specifically, when will it land for our members? Because we have landed it on a trial basis and then we've drawn it because there were some uh, teething issues that you want to resolve. Uh, but when will it land and what sort of benefits will be built into it, which will, you know, benefit our members. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So I think, so it's going to land, it's, it's landed now live with, with my team. Now um, we are working on it, getting content. So I think in about 10 to 14 days, it'll go live to the whole membership. So no more testing here. It is. You can use it. And um, the, the big benefits I think are all of the unions, the best of the unions communications all in one place. So you may like our banter on Twitter, our videos on Facebook, our live stream on YouTube, podcast on SoundCloud, we'll bring them all together. So it's all in one place. So I think that's an extremely uh, positive thing for us to be able to present to everyone. I saw Calf's point around the moderation. That's yeah. another really powerful point as well, because this doesn't require moderation because there's no commenting facility or back and forth. It's just a union sharing um, uh, information with its members and getting information across. So much more... Uh, safer environment, if you like, for members to operate in and, and do their business in. Um, and I think it'll also be a big benefit of the union in terms of our ability to automatically reach members with information at the click of a button. So, you know, I think it was um, Dave Johnson who had commented about Royal Mail's workplace app. I mean, the first thing to say is they've got like a huge amount of money to invest in that stuff and, and staff that can support that. And, you know, and they, sh you know, they should be engaging with their employees. So good luck to them. What I would say is that obviously clearly our budget's going to be a lot smaller, but our app is going to be a lot sharper. You know, you're not going to be seeing content you don't want to see. It's going to have personalized feeds. So you'll log in, you'll say, you know, your name, your branch, your region, your constituency, and the, the app will tailor the information to that. So you'll, so I would see, you know, uh, the stuff from Plymouth, stuff from the Southwest, stuff from the, the National Union, you know, so, and you also have the ability to say, actually, I want to see it all. I'm really interested in what every region has got to say. I'm really interested in what's going on in postal and telecoms and financial services and tech workers. So, you know, members will be able to control what they see. And I think that's important as well, because sometimes on our Facebook page, we have to put all the content there. And some members aren't as committed to others. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that in a time way. They, they, they just want to see what they feel impacts on them. So, you know, giving members control of what they see and putting it all in one place, I think, is a significant benefit. The, the big, big thing I think I want to finish on with the app is it's going to have two sides. One side is all of what I've just described. The other side is something called affiliate, which is a name we've given to the app. Um, which is basically going to be wider trade union movement uh, content. So we are going to be talking about um, raising money. And why aren't the NHS workers got a proper pay rise? We're, we're going to be talking about strikes that are happening in industries right across, um, you know, the country. Uh, and in fact, you know, globally, we're going to be hosting podcasts uh, with other unions on their issues. So we're going to be giving over a platform to the whole trade union movement. And there's some brilliant people out there doing some brilliant work raising like left wing issues. But I think this is going to be a great home for workers content and workers who are in struggle and solidarity pieces and, and, and merchandise and all those sorts of things. So I'm really excited by it. And, and I hope when it comes out and you can guys get hold of it, you'll be excited by it too. And do, do you think that uh, when it comes out, it'll be this year, or do you think it's going to be a 22 launch? No, it'll be, yeah, it'll be out in a couple of weeks, def 100%, yeah. yeah. 2021, excellent. Yeah. So that's a bit of an exclusive for, for yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. So in terms of uh, this app, and, and um, I mean, obviously with how videos and, and uh, online content works, it's about a URL and uh, an embedder code and one thing another. Now, will these this app, uh, will you be able to target the people which opt in and just share things direct to them without having to put it in like a, a public domain so you know more personalized messages so if we're talking industrially would say uh, mark balsh for example just want to hit the delivery members about a, a bespoke message to them uh, through the app or will it be just basically you have to put it out somewhere and then it'll embed it through 
Yeah, we we'll have to put it somewhere to start with. Um, depending on the success of the app, um, one of the next stages is that we can build those platforms within the app. Obviously, we want to take it in baby steps to make sure, you know, what we're doing. So, for example, people might love the video content, but not love the podcasting or vice versa. So we want to see what people are digesting first. But we can put it in places like Vimeo and YouTube, put it as a private link, and then so nobody sees it on YouTube or Vimeo and then run it into the app to the targeted audiences that you described. So yes, we can effectively, um, you know, do what, and, and the other thing about it is once we've embedded it in the app, we've invested a bit of money to make sure that people just have to click play. So you don't have to click play and then Facebook comes up or YouTube or Twitter. It'll be like a really slick thing. You'll see like latest video from Mark Boach with a play button, play it and it'll be on. Um, so yeah, we've, we've, we've invested time and, money to make the process go i've got this big thing online that if you make things difficult for members then they'll end up just switching it off yeah they're saying i've had enough of that so we try and get them where we need they need to be in as least clicks as possible so which kind of comes into uh, a bit about where you where you steered the communications around it being overcomplicated yeah. and you slim it down so uh, chris pollock a fellow beard wearer um <laughs> he, <laughs> i just wants to know how uh, we'll find out when it's ready. So I presume you'll launch an LTB. I presume you'll push it through the WhatsApp service uh, and one thing other. Is there any other avenues where you do a live session about it, maybe to demo it on live, perhaps? Yeah. So, so we're going to have a national briefing um, for, for all our, our senior officials, uh, led by Dave, obviously. Um, and we'll really, really go for it in terms of, as you've just detailed, the WhatsApp broadcast, you know, uh, we'll pump it on social media, we'll email it out to every member as we're going to have a uh, whole page on it in the next edition of The Voice. So like, you know, I'll be surprised if a member doesn't hear about it via one way, shape or form. We're going to text the link out to download it to every member. So, you know, we're going to invest a, a sizable amount of time in getting people on the app. Then that's one challenge. The second challenge is is making sure there's enough content on a regular enough basis to make people want to keep, keep clicking back into it to check what we're up to. So two big challenges there for the, the comms team. One's to get people on it. Second, which is more importantly, is to keep people on it. And uh, would I be right in saying that it's going to be cross-platform, so it won't be just on Android or just on iOS? Yeah, so it's Android. Um, I'll get this right. It's, it's across, yeah, it is across platforms, yeah. And, and uh, with the ability... For, for it to be changeable ha on the basis of new platforms being launched as well. So we've sort of built that um, cost already in with the app developers as well, who have been very good. Excellent. Excellent. So um, I think we've had quite a lot of comments and a lot of activity, although to be fair, we've not had much feedback about Snapchat. Is that anything you've actually used, uh, Chris? Yeah, we have we have done, and uh, we used it successfully in two. I want to get the year right. I think it was two thousand and eighteen or nineteen. One of the general elections, we used it for advertising um, yeah. successfully, but we have struggled to gain attraction um, on an ongoing basis. But as I said, in terms of social media, like you know, particularly when it's a campaign, we try and make sure that things go everywhere. And but we really we did struggle to get traction on there because. It's more of a one-to-one a -one, um, interaction service, if that makes sense, rather than like an, uh, an organizing or an influencing platform. But the Labour Party did some good work on it under Corbyn in sort of placing, you know, registered to vote adverts um, all over young people's Snapchat. So one thing I certainly wouldn't rule out is using the advertising function of it on a more regular basis to reach younger members. Excellent. Well, I mean, that ties into a comment there. Uh, from Pete. So, who who do you who do a little who do you think should take over the Labour uh, and take back to the People's Party? I know see to be close with JC. Uh, who would you like to see in charge, Chris? Slightly tangent, but I thought well, it's worth banging on. Yeah, I know. Obviously, it's in, you know, first thing I'll say is um, it's not really. It's more like Dave, Tony, Kearns and, and the NEC. That, that one than me. Um, none of the above probably would be my answer at the minute. Um, what I would like to see um, is probably, um, you know, uh, someone with the politics of Jeremy, um, but 
with the ruthlessness of maybe some of the right-wing characters. So I think, um, you know, I'm not sure that those people out there, in the absence of those people, which I think there is a distinct absence, if we're honest about it, I think it comes back to what Dave Ward's been saying for a long time now, which is, like, more important than them is what we're doing as a trade union movement. And I think, you know, that's what comes back to, we've talked a lot today, and rightfully so, about, you know, what we've done as a CWU for our members. I think we also have a huge role to play in the wider trade union movement and setting the example. This is how you represent people. This is how you communicate with people. This is how you inspire people. And I think the more of that we can do, the more hope we can inject into the trade union movement. And actually, like, I'm somebody uh, very similar to Dave who believes that we shouldn't sit around and wait for the Labour Party to change things because as a movement, we have the power to do that as well. So, I mean, good question from Peter. But my focus would be more on, like, what can our union do? to deliver for people. Excellent. Well, I think that's a worthy point. And through communication, I think we can uh, achieve that. So, um, you know, 52 minutes we've been on. So I think that's that's fantastic. So, Chris, thank you for joining the surgery. Uh, we've covered many aspects of communication. Uh, Chris and I, to be fair to everyone watching, uh, value your feedback and engagement tonight. I think it's been fantastic. And uh, to be fair, my personal thing, I think the future looks uh, bright. So, uh, Chris, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, would you like to uh, partake in the future, a future one? I think it'd be, uh, you know, maybe review some of the the exclusives, perhaps. Yeah, of course, of course I would, any time. And just to say uh, thank you to you, Scott. And, and again, to repeat, you know, you, you're doing a great job, mate. And, and I would encourage... And I know not, you know not all of the NEC are fantastic and our officers. I would encourage anyone who gets an invite from Scott to come and take it up because there's nothing more important in all of our jobs than getting out and engaging in with and speaking to our members. So well done to you, mate. And it's been a pleasure to sit and share some time with you. And thank you to the reps and members who have tuned in as well because your time is valuable and you've chosen to spend it to us. And, and I know we both appreciate that. Excellent. Thanks. So... If you've enjoyed the surgery, do give it a like, 